0: Yeah, it's Mr. Anka, fantasy sports and politics, crew, yeah, check, fantasy sports and politics. Alright, log on the site, you can listen tonight, talk about the game, who in first place, you can even call up, state your own case, football, b soccer, too. Log on, ain't nobody stopping you It's Fantasy Sports and Politics Crew Yeah, come on Fantasy Sports and Politics Crew Yeah Fantasy Sports and Politics Crew Uh Fantasy Sports and Politics Crew Yeah, log on
1: Hello everyone and welcome once again. Sorry for the delay. Had trouble with my um PC. I am here. I am JT, aka the master. And uh this is the FSP Crew show. The number to call in is three four seven six three seven three two two zero three four seven six three seven three two two zero is the place to be if you want to talk to JT. Um hold on a minute. All right. This is the deal people. Had some technical difficulties, but I'm here now. And um, I wanted to talk about a few things. One of the things I want to talk about is the flake um, the gate. Before I do that, let's bring in one of my co-hosts, Jeff the Joker. What's up, Jeff?
2: Hey, Jerry. What's going on?
1: Nothing much. Sorry for that. Uh, I had some PC trouble. My my PC, PC decided he wanted to do something different. So uh, I had to kind of coax it to to get it now. My mic doesn't work, so I have to uh, use um, my cell phone. So if you hear a difference, that's that's the reason. Um, hopefully, I can get the uh, mic back because he had been ju- he had jumped on here also. I texted him to see if he get back, and we'll see what we can get all three of us back on here. But uh, like I said, people, this is the FSP Cruise Show. Um, I gave you the number. And I'll give it to you again: one three four seven six three seven three two two zero. 347 637 3220 is the place to be if you want to talk to Jeff, Mike, or me. We got a, a whole trio here on, in store for you today. Um, there's a few things that uh, I want to talk about. Uh, some, some things going in. Oh, it seems like the East Coast is uh, blowing up uh, right now. See uh, if uh, we can. Uh, Talk about a few subjects. Quite naturally, uh, the uh, NFL preseason is going on. Uh, I want to talk about that, Mr. Uh, uh, I'm not paying. I put your finger in my face and I get knocked up out. And uh, talk about uh, Tom Brady and his battle with the uh, NFL. But uh, before I do that, let me bring in my other co-host, the man from the DMV area, the man with the plan. What's up, Mike? How you doing, man?
3: Hey, right, what's going on,
2: fellas? What's going on? Hey, Black, what's up? Uh, All right, guys. Uh,
1: I, I hear you. All right. As you know, guys, this this the uh, the NFL uh, just recently been blowing up with uh, different stories. I don't even know where to go first. Let me go to um, what I consider a uh, pretty tame for right now. It it took place in New York, talking about the. Um, The NFL and and the uh, Tom Brady camp and the NFL camp all met in front of Judge Berryman in New York City uh, to see if they could iron out their differences in uh, the flake gate and the suspension and fine Tom Brady had been um, uh, given. And uh, quite naturally, he wasn't going to um, accept. He had an appeal. I'm laying the story out. He had an appeal quite naturally the appeal was heard by the man that gave him the suspension in the first place, Roger Goodell, while well, not his his uh, office, but Roger Goodell was the uh, um, appeals officer that uh, Tom Brady was um, appealing to, upheld the appeal for four games and a um, twenty five thousand dollar fine. If I'm not mistaken, that was unacceptable to the NFLPA and very unacceptable to Tom Brady. So uh, they uh, sued to try to get it to move to Minnesota. Uh, the uh, NFL jumped uh, uh, one one step ahead of them uh, and sued in, in New York. And the uh, overseeing judge decided that it wasn't going to be seen or heard in uh, uh, Minnesota. It was going to be heard in um, in uh, um, New York. That's where we're at. Where where we're at now uh yesterday which was the 12th is when uh, judge beerman um and the parties came together uh supposedly judge beerman wasn't too happy with uh um the NFL lambasted him for not having what they consider uh sound um and overwhelming evidence wasn't too happy on the other side with tom brady uh especially for the reason that he um um Destroyed his phone and uh, um, encouraged both sides to uh, come to an agreement. But both sides, from what I understand, are digging their heels in and um, are not willing to waver. I think they're going to be heard again. Uh, The both sides will be heard again. But the um, judge has said that uh, Tom Brady and Roger Goodell don't need to be present at that time. So they had public. Uh, hearing of this. They had um in chambers hearing of this. Um I'm going to Black first and then and then Jeff. Uh what's your thoughts on this whole mess? Um and uh who no one seems to think that there's going to be any kind of resolution in the near future. Talk to me Mike. Well you know
3: how I feel about this already. This this story should have been over with. I don't know why they're in court. Both sides have been stopping I mean, the study was handed out, just take it. If the judge is gonna reduce it to two games, let the judge reduce it to two games. But this this story needs to go away quickly.
1: Talk to me, Jeff.
2: You know, th- this whole thing is ridiculous. But you know, I'm I'm rooting for Brady because I absolutely despise Goodell and I got the impression the judge was not impressed with Goodell. And the evidence, and and uh, I don't know why the owners keep Goodell around. Uh, people say he made a lot of money for him, for them. But the thing is, they were making a lot of money before him. I don't think he did a lot to create that. You know, they these guys built the league, and uh, you know, Goodell, he really created the role, took on the role of being the disciplinarian, somewhat of a dictator, and has screwed it up so badly. Uh, and he's he's a buffoon. I don't get it. He's getting he paid $40 million a year, and he keeps making all these uh, stupid decisions, which it sounds harsh, but, you know, the thing is, you know, he's he's like a CEO or a president, and most people in that position, they have advisors. Also, you get to sleep on it, and he still keeps screwing up. So uh, anything that makes Goodell look look
1: bad is it, fine with me all right guys you hear me you hear me here now i think i think I got my mic back Do you hear me now
0: yeah, yeah okay yeah. good good
1: good yeah you know um i i gotta think that uh you're right jeff this should have been a uh, mic i mean mike this should have been over uh, a while ago um and and both these parties should have resolved it um uh, much ado about nothing. Well, I mean, the rules were broken, but, um, I think this is, I mean, going to going to court to, to, uh, for this, um, I don't even know how this is going to wind up. Uh, it doesn't seem like, it doesn't seem like the, uh, um, either parties wants to give in, uh, whatsoever. Um, and probably going to leave it to the judge and somebody's going to have um a huge bit of egg on their face um one way or the other if it's if it's uh um tom brady has to serve his suspension then um he's gonna have a egg on his face and quite naturally just like he's been thinking all along his leg legacy and reputation and wh- whatever character going to be Uh, tarnished supposedly tarnished and on the other hand if it's uh falls in favor of tom brady just yet another just like i'm falling with jeff just yet another guffaw of uh, um the commissioner and his office and and, uh, not being able to get it right and uh have an egg on their face one big mess who the heck knows how this is going to wind up, it's probably, unfortunately, the judge who is trying to pass it off on one of these guys to get it done or both of them to get it done and not leave it in his hands, it may leave it in his hands. And um, I think that's a, a recipe for disaster, but it is what it is. Got a bunch of uh, uh, egos that uh, uh, want to make a statement and uh, somebody's going to um, be uh, pissed off at the end.
3: Right. And then do and then, and then also get the foolishness that came out the day with the uh, what is it the court uh, photographer or the court sketcher. Yeah. Uh, I, man, this whole thing is a fiasco, man. This whole thing goes to go quick. Yeah, the because... To this uh, lady because she made a bad sketch.
1: Yeah, but she yeah, see, she doesn't she doesn't make a real life sketch. She make she makes a I wouldn't say abstract sketch, but she she makes a uh, it's a rough sketch. It's not like it's an accurate sketch, and because it wasn't, and it looked like we're painting Tom Brady in a negative light. That uh, they were all <laughs> over this woman. Like, come on! I mean, uh, how ridiculous can you possibly what? be? I don't
3: know what we're doing here, but this whole story is a
1: and then we then we uh uh speaking of when i said speaking of pissed off we go and i don't know if i text you i don't even know if i text jeff but i'm telling you guys right now now you see why i left the team that i left (laughs) it's just one one mess after another after another it's a never-ending story Just when you think you heard or saw it all from this team, no. No. I've never heard of this in in my 60-something years on this earth, and probably 50 of them at least watching football and liking football a lot. Never, ever heard of a quarterback getting into a scruff like this. Now, maybe uh, something a little dust-up on the field but not in the locker room cuz most times when a quarterback if he's well respected and he's a start supposed to supposed to be your, your starting quarterback gets into a confrontation whether it's on the field or in the locker room or wherever uh, with with other teammates around some some of those teammates are going to jump in to make sure that quarterback's protected and to try to diffuse the situation not not uh and i i gotta believe i gotta believe they the these saw they saw these two going at it and no one decided to step in for the simple reason that geno smith in some people's eyes needed to get his butt whooped and and because of whatever been, whatever's been lingering or uh, uh, the undercurrent or what's going on in in, in the uh, uh in the, within the team and the quarterback um but in all common sense from what i've read and what i've heard is you as a quarterback don't go up in front of a face of a linebacker poking your finger in his face or chest or whatever jumping in his face talking a whole bunch of um uh, wolf tickets or whatever you want to talk about it and expect not to get retaliated upon and that's in my in my opinion poor decision-making and like I said it, if there was other guys and more than likely there were other guys in the locker room that saw what was taking place and just step back and, and let it just take shape and see where it went they probably didn't think it was going to be him getting his jaw broken and being out six to ten weeks because of it but i, I guess they were hoping that this linebacker who supposedly had anger issues in my it, 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 already um from what I understand his history had that he had anger issues that you don't go messing with a quarterback to a linebacker that that that's right there that's poor decision making you don't confront a linebacker and and talk a whole bunch of smack. Um, and not expect to 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 get some type of retaliation. Um, I'm going to go to Jeff this time, and then I'll go to Mike in and, and your thoughts on that situation of Geno Smith and I can't pronounce the guy's name, but the linebacker that got released I and K. picked up this, by the Bills. This, this, this
2: yeah, R.K. That's it. I K. Yeah. Everybody's mm-hmm. been calling IK. Yeah. A mm-hmm. lot of people thought his NFL was Career was over. Then the next day, he got picked up by the Bills. uh <laughs> Yeah, um I've been hearing a lot about that on uh, the New York radio. Right. um You know, I mean, you no, know, not to cut you off, Jeff, but you know, Rex Ryan a smile. It is, so Yeah. Yeah, Rex is having some fun. But hey, I mean, Rex was uh, the coach when uh, this guy got drafted, and uh, right. that's very common. Uh, but, I mean, you know, you hate to blame the victim, but Gino did in this situation have something to do with it because uh, Gino was supposed to appear at this guy's camp. Gino was a late-minute no-show supposedly because his brother was in a bike accident. And then, um, you know, Gino told the guy, well, I'll pay you back because the guy had bought him a plane ticket and a hotel room, whatever. And so Gino owed the guy 600 bucks, And then uh, that's what caused the friction? You know, you think usually there's some type of veteran leadership. You think somebody would say to Gino, "Hey, Gino, you know this guy's pretty serious. You know, just give him the 600 bucks, which should be nothing for Gino who's making good money, and it's done." You know, but uh, I'll tell you, uh, Gino has been in a slump since, I, and I'm not that big of a college football fan since his senior year at West Virginia. He went into that season as as a Heisman hopeful and about halfway through fell apart. And, uh, you know, he, he hasn't, you know, been that promising as the Jet quarterback. And this is the scary thing for the Jets. So now Fitzpatrick's the quarterback. You know, okay, he's a veteran. You know, he's got some experience. He's not the most durable guy. And behind him they got Bryce Petty, Good good potential, but very raw. You know, uh, I think he played almost exclusively from the shotgun in college. So uh, if if Petty has to play, that, that could be really tough for him because um, I don't think he's ready. So they say um, I think the Jets are going to work out Tyler Thigpen because he's familiar with the offense. And then, of course, there was talk uh, they could bring back Michael Vick and some other guys. But they're – They're going to bring in a veteran because they don't want two rookies playing behind uh, Fitzpatrick. But, uh, yeah, this is classic Jets. Mike? Yeah, I'm surprised. The first thing a quarterback
3: always says, as soon as he gets to a tent, he gets tight with the offensive line. For the fact that nobody even came in, to even interject with these guys. I had one back and forth. It was a big sign to me that they really don't get along with Geno up there. That's crazy. I, I wouldn't expect anything different from the New York Jets. I kind uh, of feel the master's pain now why he had to leave. Stuff like this was going on. I, I definitely understand your brother. I'm sorry for ridiculing you leaving the team. But, man, I mean, the Ringling, Ringling Brothers couldn't make up a better circus than the Jets. Man.
1: And uh, a few years back, In the New York papers, they had clown outfits. Jeff knows this, clown outfits for the Jets, Uh, Rex Ryan and company. They had clown outfits on the front page of the New York papers. Am I right about that, Jeff, or not?
2: Yeah, I think it was either uh, the post or the Daily News. You know what? Excuse me. There was a similar incident many years ago, and I don't know if you remember this, Jerry, and it involves Black's favorite team, Um, well-documented, that during training camp in 1976 long yes. time ago yep Roger Staubach was sucker punched by his backup Clint Longley yep and the the rest of the story is so this guy Clint Longley was Staubach's backup they they had, had some disagreement before but you know he was pulling Staubach was pulling on his jersey and this Clint Longley sucker-punched him. I think if it was just a regular fight, it wouldn't have been so bad. I think afterward, Staubach kicked his ass because, you know, uh, Staubach didn't act tough, but, I mean, hey, he went to the Naval Academy and served in Vietnam. I wouldn't have messed with him. Um, Right. And, uh, but this shows how well-run the Cowboys were at the time. They were still able to trade Longley, who was about to get demoted to third string because uh, Danny White, was uh, that was his first uh, training camp with the Cowboys. So they trade Longley to San Diego. San Diego must have been on drugs, give up a first and second round pick for this bum. The only thing he ever did was on Thanksgiving two years before, came off the bench and had a great game. Um, That's it. That's all he ever did in the NFL. They get a first and second round pick, which the Cowboys used, to
1: get the first round pick to draft Tony Dorsett, is that right? Well, I, yep. Jeff, I'm I'm impressed, Jeff. Uh, I did not know that, but and uh, that's some good um a good uh, trivia question. Who uh, how did the Cowboys get uh, the first round pick for for Tony Dorsett? And, and you just laid it out how they got it. Wow. Okay. Um, I gotta believe that. Uh, oh, let me let me ask you this, guys because I want to stay on this for a minute. All right, Geno Smith is supposed to be out six to 10 weeks. Say he's out 10 weeks. Uh, that's going to put it probably be sometime in uh, October, maybe November, somewhere around there where, where he comes back. Um, what, what kind of shot does he have of uh, reclaiming his uh, starting position? And quite naturally, I guess it depends on how well or how bad um, Fitzpatrick plays. Um, and I, I, I probably answered my own question, but do you think that he plays another down? I'll put it this way. Do you think he plays another down for the New York Jets? Black. So
3: he, he, he's not a side guy. I can tell from the interview. And, you know, Bo's just got there. So he, he's not a balls guy. If
2: they anywhere above five hundred, I don't
1: even see him playing. Not you, Jeff.
2: You know, I, I, I don't know. I mean, the thing is, uh, it might take a while for him. He could lose a lot of weight. I mean, I think when your jaw's broken, it gets wired shut, and you know, he's going to be drinking a lot of milkshakes. Uh, but it'll take a while for him to get back in it, and. Uh, I think they're only going to play him if whoever is playing at the time is struggling, and uh, it makes you wonder. Uh, I'm not sure of his contract situation, but uh, it's hard to imagine him being back with the Jets next year because uh, I-, I think he's getting some of the blame for this.
1: Oh yeah, well, from what I understand, that uh, like I said, um, he confronted him, point like I said, pointed in the guy's face. Uh, supposedly pointing his finger in his face and, and, and to make contact, and with a guy who's supposedly got anger issues already, and, and you do that, and you're the, you're the starting quarterback, you should have a better hold on your emotions and be able to see uh, a situation escalating out of control and be able to Keep, keep your wits on yourself um, and understand what may happen if you uh, keep going down the path that you went. You're going down. And quite naturally, he probably thought that I'm the starting quarterback. This guy's a backup, um, even though he does play a lot, um, linebacker. Um, he's not going to do anything to me because... Um, I am who I am. Well, guess what? Hello, piece of humble pie and a, f- uh, and a knuckle sandwich. And you are th- thoroughly uh, wrong, Mr. Geno Smith. All right. <clears throat> Let's move on to uh, 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 another subject that I want to talk about here is that, um,
3: My we talked to that's, think. there's a cotton, there's a cotton swab fight in the Baltimore excuse me but the cotton Schwab site in baltimore Who you talking about your man cotton Schwab. i didn't know he was a backup for flack on
1: us <laughs> 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 he's no longer a part of the organization so i i when you were talking about him i had no idea who you were talking about if he's with someone else that's that's their problem not mine anyway uh uh we had talked about uh this guy i think i think um last week if i'm not mistaken and it seems like uh, i was on to something because he looks like he's getting uh, uh um some um uh, feelers out there people are talking to him um and and it, it's not like um if you get the owner both owners uh, i just saw something about the owner of the cleveland browns and also saw something um, earlier today about the the owner from the um, Houston Texans um, talking about Ray Rice and the possibility of uh, Ray Rice joining one of those organizations. Um, first, the the uh, the coach had said that that we had talked about uh, Ray Rice, um, and yeah, we we were talking about him to see if uh, there's a possibility that he may come in. But then the uh, owner, I'm reading this now verbatim from, um, from uh, Jim Haslam, the owner, that he believes free agent Ray Rice is deserving of another chance. Um, he would indeed suggest the Browns have legitimately discussed signing Rice. Um, I'd like to see him get another shot That's the quote from him. But he also said, for now, the Browns are seeing what the team's young running backs can do first. Um, and they have Isaiah Crowell, they have, uh, um, Mr. West and they have, uh, David Johnson who they picked up just this year. So they have two, uh, um, second year running backs and a rookie running back. Um, and he, the owner says that he wants to see what these young, young guns can do that they have on the roster right now versus signing Ray Rice. But if they're in talks with, with and, and thinking about signing Ray Rice, they must not be too impressed with the running backs they have now. Um, I'm going to put that out there. you guys talk about the Browns first before I move over to the Texans. talk to me, Jeff, what are your thoughts?
2: Well, uh, I think the issue is, uh, uh, David Johnson hasn't even practiced yet. Right. And, uh, Uh, Terrence West has missed some time also, so uh, you know, it's hard to plan on guys who haven't been practicing, so by default, uh, Crowell looks like the guy, and they need, I guess, some guy who's healthy and they could rely on, Uh, so uh, that guy might be Ray Rice, so uh, you you know, I, I mean, I hate what Ray Rice did, but you know what? He... He admitted he was wrong. The criminal justice system dealt with it. He showed, he's shown remorse. Um, uh, You know, uh, let the guy make a living, you know, and uh, I'm familiar with him because he played at Rutgers. He's from the New York area. Uh, I don't think he ever had a problem before that. Um, You know, let the guy make a living. But, uh, you know, Unfortunately, his last season in Baltimore wasn't very impressive. That might be one of the reasons he's still available.
1: What about you, Mike?
2: Yeah, I'm actually watching
3: the Browns right now. They're trying to the watch some Redskins. They kind of need 7-0. But the run game was, all right, I didn't see any running. I mean, they had running back. They had off to the running back, but it wasn't that much of a hole. But they have 7-0 right now. I wouldn't take Ray Rice at this point based off that last year in Baltimore. He didn't look too good. What is he out of the game now? A year and a half, almost two years now? I wouldn't take a fly on Rice at this point.
1: Wow. Really? Yeah. Even though, you know, and I said this last week and I'll say it again. Unfortunately, he had a perfect storm last, the last time he was on the football field. In the last season, he was on the football field. Perfect storm being that um, he hurt his hip earlier in the season and never fully recovered. And also, the offensive line was pretty bad uh, for the Ravens that year. And that's why that was the worst year that he ever had um, in his NFL career. And a lot of people are talking about that and saying that he, he may have been washed up um, I'm looking past that because the fact is there were there were things that would happen that were twofold and like I said offensive line and an injury um, you got a, you got a healthy Ray rice with a decent offensive line um, which could be the Cleveland Browns or the uh, Houston Texans or whoever else um, with a motivated Ray rice, um a highly motivated ray rice uh, i would take a flyer on there's no t- i mean quite naturally going to get some type of backlash um from various groups on picking up a person who's committed this heinous heinous uh, um act um but um there have been many of uh, football players who've committed heinous acts or terrible acts or repeatedly terrible acts who have gotten multiple chances in um, the NFL. And I've said this, and I said it last week, and I'll say it again this week. And Jeff uh, uh, touched on it also. Ray Rice, in his football career, and I'm going back all the way to high school. High school, college, and up until the time ah. he commit, and up until the time he committed this this uh, heinous act has never, and Jeff, if you correct me if I'm wrong, has never, ever, ever, ever been in any type of trouble. Ever. Good guy um cared cared about people did a lot of work in the community uh in baltimore and in in his uh hometown and then this happens and he's he is considered the worst person on this earth um i'm not green with what he did but he this is the only time he's ever been in trouble i understand it's a heinous act um and just like jeff said he was very remorseful um, did his penance for what the crime he had to do. He uh, was into to the uh, pretrial intervention. That's part what New Jersey has, um, which is very strict. You got to adhere to very strict uh, um, guidelines. Um, outside those guidelines, you're out of the pretrial intervention and your your sentence is uh, imposed. So he, he went the whole route with that, did whatever he had to do. Did the things that the nfl required him to do um above and beyond and, and along with counseling that he, he and his wife had were having before this took place and have had since this took place and um i think the guy deserved a chance um i think these nfl teams have uh dealt with adversity before on um, players and i think they, they can overcome it i saw i saw a list I saw a list, and, and I tried to get that a copy of that list. Maybe I, I can, maybe I can, um, a copy of this list that uh, showed the um, amount of arrests, or I don't know if you guys ever seen this list, amount of arrests um, from all 32 teams within the last five years. And I'm
3: sure, I'm sure that number is high, but I I wasn't even back to my decision on that. It was just uh, off of Ray Rice's production. And I didn't mean to make that loud screaming noise while you were talking, but single uh, fantasy radar, fantasy injury update, Niles Paul, it looks like he'll be out for a while. Who, uh, Miles, this Miles, replay, Miles Paul? Yeah, this replay was bad. It looked like he broke the pain in the lower part of his leg. Uh,
1: ooh, ooh. Was it, was it from a tackle?
3: Yeah, from a tackle. Well, actually he was blocking and got rolled up Oh, it like.
1: OK. All right. I, I got it. I got a list here. I found it um, um, from a, a text that uh, someone texted me about. It's a list of all 32 teams and the arrests and the NFL player arrests over the last five years. Um, at the top of the list, believe it or not, is the Vikings with 18 arrests. And I'll give you the top 10 because the top 10 they're all double digits and after that they're single digits and i'll give you the 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 bottom five the top 10 uh nfl player arrest teams over the last five years the vikings with 18 broncos with 16 colts with 13 the buccaneers with 13 the 49ers with 12 the bears the lions the jets the titans all with 11. Uh, The Ravens with 10, along with the Bengals. The bottom five, and this is 32 teams, NFL player arrests over the last five years. The bottom five are, I'll give you from um, uh, the Saints at 27 with uh, four arrests. The Panthers at 29 and, and the Giants at 29 with three arrests. And quite naturally, along with the Chargers with three arrests, and fellas, and I, I didn't make this up. The last team with only one arrest of a player over the last five years is the Houston Texans. Oh. So, I, I'm. I didn't make this up. Someone sent this to, to me. This to me. Who's a Giant fan? And no, no,
3: uh, no, no wonder they suck so bad. No, no fire in that locker room.
1: Oh, uh,
3: <laughs> you,
1: you know, you know what, you know what.
3: <laughs>
1: you know, I, I, coming from uh, a cowboy fan, I would, I would, uh, uh, um, I can understand that. Okay, and and the cowboys on this list are—I'm trying to think where they're at. They're in the middle of a pack, black. At at sixteen, at uh, there's seven arrests. So, um, what can I say? Uh, what can they I might say? You want to
3: get Griffin after this game, man. But Griffin, oh my goodness! Why? But he's taking shots. He's not supposed to be taking,
1: and the preseason. is low. Oh, is that right? He he's he's uh, getting hit pretty hard. Yeah, he's getting hit pretty, pretty hard. I
3: don't think he's going to come back for this game. It's-
1: Oh, was the end of the first quarter. I, yeah, they shouldn't bring it back out. Right. Oh, wow. It's it, it's that bad, huh? Who who are they playing? Who who's the? Uh, um, they're playing the Cleveland Browns. They're playing the Cleveland. Oh, yeah. Well, there's a lot of a lot of teams in the Cleveland Brown. A lot of uh, players in the Cleveland Brown that have uh, something to uh, prove. Now, I'm looking at the uh, scores because I'm seeing here right now. The scores. I'm not. I can't. I'm not able to watch any games from where I'm at. Um, the Jets are losing yeah,
3: to to the. To the
1: uh, um, the Washington Redskins allusion to the uh, uh, Cleveland Browns, I guess, near the near the end of the first quarter, seven to three. Um, the uh, uh, Miami Dolphins and uh, the first quarter beating uh, Chicago seven to nothing. Uh, I don't know where this score came from. Um, halfway through the uh, second quarter, uh, uh, Green Bay and New England, New England's eight Green Bay three. That sounds like a baseball score. Um, this doesn't sound good. This doesn't bode well for the, uh, uh, um, uh, supposedly reinvented Saints, um, midway through the second quarter, the Saints are losing to the Ravens 17 to seven. Yeah. I also
3: had that game on and let me tell you the Ravens are going up and down the field with Flacco, Cotton, Schwab, whoever it is, a quarterback. Schwab okay. is currently still there. Okay. That, that defense is, is looking hard.
1: Uh, we both know that's nothing new. Um, anyway, and, and then last but not least, uh, in, in the, uh, two minutes in the second quarter, the jets are losing to the uh, Detroit Lions 10 to three, uh, the later games are going to be, uh, San Francisco at Houston. Um, also the, uh, um, Kansas city chiefs in Arizona, um, looks like the Dallas Cowboys against the San Diego Chargers and sure. um, and we'll, they'll be it be interesting to see uh, um, those later games to see uh, your team Mike uh, my team um, and uh, I don't think Jeff's team doesn't play until what tomorrow at 7:30 am I right about that Jeff?
2: Yeah yeah.
1: okay so we have a full slate of games today a full slate of games tomorrow. Our uh, preseason is on its way, uh, not on its way, is underway, I should say. And uh, speaking of that, being underway, um, I had said that the um, Cleveland Browns showed some interest in Ray Rice and that the... Um, the Houston Tex- Texans, they were asked, um, uh, the media asked Bob McNair, who's the owner of the Houston Texans, about uh, uh, Ray Rice. And seeing that they uh, had lost to Arian Foster, maybe they would give it a shot to Ray Rice. Um, Texans owner Bob McNair indicated he would still be hesitant to sign free agent r- running back Ray Rice. His quotes, I, I read this, I think I'd want to talk with our players. And I don't know that that's something that they would like. We want people that fit in our locker room. As I said, it's all about teamwork. And look, we've got four good running backs. I don't know that he has a good, he's as good as any of the four we got. I don't see anybody else trying to sign him. So I think that's a pretty good indication of where he stands. Now, I don't like that. I don't that that last comment. Um, I don't like that because the fact is just because someone else is, is not going to sign him doesn't mean that you shouldn't take a shot on him. He um, got two, four running backs. One's a second-year player. Uh, one One's a rookie that's just coming in. Uh, I think he was a seventh-round pick. And uh, you got Chris Polk and you got Jonathan Grimes, um, both guys that have been around the league and really haven't um, – Um, shined anywhere and put it that way. So what do you have to lose, in my opinion, and anybody, anybody's team? What do you have to
3: lose? Excuse
1: me? What'd you say? Mike, you talking to me? Oh, he must not be talking to me, Jeff. Anyway, um, what do you got to lose in picking up a player uh, for the league minimum? You know you're going to get him for the, uh, the for the minimum um, because the guy's trying to latch on and see what he has. You have nothing to lose. You put him, you bring him in the camp, see what he has. If he doesn't have anything, you cut him loose, and there, there it is. And, and and let me put it this way: he, he get he gets a shot. And he probably only gets one shot. He probably doesn't get another shot in the NFL. So he gets a shot with a team, a legitimate shot. Um, That team uh, gives him a decent shot. If he doesn't catch on, there's probably not going to be any other team that's going to want him. Um, uh, Because uh, the fact is they think he's, first of all, they think he's probably washed up. Second of all, if they go to whatever team he goes to and he doesn't, doesn't stick, then, uh, for the most part, the, these other teams don't want to waste your time. You guys have any thoughts on that, or we just move on? Anybody jump in? No?
2: You said it all, man. <laughs> okay,
1: okay. All right. Um, it was. Something oh, I well, My bad. bad.
3: I had to step away for a second. My fault.
1: No, no problem. No problem. I understand that. We, we moved on. I understand that. All right. T.Y. Hilton just got a nice contract. Five years, $65 million. Um, I don't know if you guys know about this. And uh, he was owed $665,000 a season. Final year of his contract. He signed it quite nicely in 2002. Now he gets $65 million extension and $39 million guaranteed. Um, You think T.Y. Hilton, who he signed for the next six years and an average annual salary that comes in around $10.8 million, almost $11 million, um, well below Des and and Demarius Thomas, um, is is worth that, or did he get shortchanged? Talk to me, Jeff.
2: You know, it's always hard to tell, and who knows? By next year, you could say, oh, he's definitely worth it because there will be guys making more money, and if he has another great season. Uh, the thing is, you know, he got signed by the Colts as opposed to getting signed by another team. So the Colts, usually when they inv- a team invests in a guy, one of their own guys, they know what they're getting. You know what I mean? Because... If he was a real head case or something, they wouldn't have made that kind of investment. And, uh, you know, that's why most teams seem to prefer to sign their own guys instead of investing the big, big bucks on guys from other teams because, as good as they are, you're never quite sure how they're going to fit in.
1: What's your thoughts there, on Mike? Uh, Mike?
3: Man, uh, yeah, yeah. i have to step away for a
1: second. Okay. You are you back now?
3: Yeah, I'm I'm back now. I, I don't What's know th- what was
1: going on. Okay. What's your thoughts on T. Y. Hilton's getting a um a uh, extension worth sixty five million dollars, thirty nine million dollar um sign and bonus or uh thirty nine million dollar guaranteed, which equates to six years for ten point eight million dollars. What's your thoughts on that? You think he got shortchanged, or is that about right?
3: Uh that that sounds about right. I
1: know they should be taking uh Andrew Luck and the agent out of dinner. But that definitely sounds about right. Okay. All right. But, <clears throat> let me ask you guys something here. All right. Since uh Dallas is gonna play um San Diego uh tonight and it and the Giants are gonna play um Um, Cincinnati tomorrow, what are you looking? I know it's the first preseason game. I know that. So what I'm, what I'm asking is, are you looking something to see, to see something from your offense or see something from your defense, and if so, what? Jeff?
2: Uh, you, you know, um, there's some questions about the Giants' defense, but uh, also a lot of questions about the offensive line. Uh, you know, it was talked the Giants were going to sign Jake Long or somebody like that to boost it the line, but that hasn't happened yet. Uh, I, I think that's what everybody's looking at. And, you know, these, these preseason games, you just, they're a necessary evil because it, it, it happens every year. If a big name player gets hurt, some genius, like, oh, you don't need preseason. Well,. You need. You can get hurt in practice. Does that mean you don't need practice? You can get hurt working out. Does that mean you don't work out? It's not logical. So you, you do need these games. They might not need all four, but they do need these games.
1: What's your thoughts, Mike?
2: Now, me, I am actually want to see who's going to run the
3: ball tonight. Dunbar <laughs> is out. McFadden is out. Randall is out. I don't know who the rest of the guys on the route are, but I'm anxious to see who's going to throw the rod tonight. I want to see their offensive line cohesion. And, you know, they've been hyped all offseason. So I want to see how well they do because they definitely won't have a running back that I recognize out there tonight. So hopefully that guy can look good. I want to see Byron Jones. I want to see if he's a rough pick that we gave up for him. I just think he's an athlete playing football as opposed to a football player. And I want to see how the defense does. The linebacker should be back. I don't know if Sean Lee is going to play. I doubt if he
1: does play. He might play like the last preseason game, maybe. But like to see how he returns. Okay. I just uh, I'm looking to see what the what my quarterbacks are going to do. Um, I got two quarterbacks, um, that supposedly by the coach are even, and um, I'm not too. I'm really not too worried about the uh, defense. Uh, I think the defense is going to be relatively solid. I think that uh, they have a lot of um uh talent on the defense and uh, you're I think not they were
2: interested to
3: see how a is gonna look. Excuse me? I so said you're not interested to see how clown is gonna look?
1: Clowney's not gonna be around until the seventeenth. So um that's he's 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 not gonna be available. Supposedly that's the target date that he comes back to practice.
3: Oh, he's it's not just, even back yet.
1: No he, he wow. he's not it's target date for him is supposed to be the 17th um and uh we'll see how he's eased back in after that so um so i'm I, i'm just i'm not i really don't we had the five defense last year for the most part so um i'm looking at the offense because that's the problem um We lost one of our big um, wide receivers, Andre Johnson, with uh, our division rival. Um, So we have Cecil Shorts, Nate Washington, and and some uh, Jalen Strong, who's a rookie, and a a couple other guys that are second- and third-year players that really haven't um, excelled. So there's a battle uh, for the second wide receiver spot because the DeAndre Hopkins um, has the uh, number one spot since Andre Johnson left. Um, the key is, uh, the, uh, tight end, because, um, they, we get, uh, uh, some young tight ends and that had struggles last year, um, that need to be, uh, um, show up to, to, and play better. And quite naturally, uh, the running back position, I, I named all four running backs already. Um, I don't even know who, who's supposedly Alfred blue has got the number one spot, but. That uh, could be tenuous at best. And then the most important position on the offense is the quarterbacks. Um, you got a less than 50% percentage rate for uh, Brian Hoyer. He got a guy that's only played two games, uh, started two games in his NFL career in Ryan Mallett. Um, both these guys are supposed to be um, playing even right now according to head coach Bill O'Brien. So I'm really interested uh, to see, um, see something uh, see and get my opinion of who played, who's playing, even though it's a preseason game, it's the first preseason game. But it could be the most important preseason game, uh, especially for the quarterbacks, uh, because the um, first impression is the lasting impression uh, to see if you would the Bulls fly against a, another team, um, especially the 49ers with all their tor- turmoil over an offseason um to see how you fare against that defense um is key and uh i'll be uh, looking to see if that's going to be a a uh, weak point for the uh, uh texans or a, a a a position you don't have to worry about um uh, because it's in good hands with either one of these quarterbacks i'm leaning toward mallet i think he's a little bit more accurate with quite nasty with the bigger arm. Um, I've seen way more than I could of uh, Brian uh, Hoyer when I saw him play in Cleveland. I don't know if it was a system. I don't know if it was uh, just uh, the talent around him, but um, he's got some decent talent around him now. We'll see what happens. I don't know if you guys yeah, got I any- like, uh, I like I Brian
3: like Miley. I, I hope Brian Miley comes out there. I probably live in the office, so, and I'm gonna figure guy, some uh. I'm pulling for Miles to get that
1: spot. I don't know if anybody else, Jeffrey, you got a, you got an opinion on that. I know I rant, I uh, raved about that uh, uh, quite a while for a few minutes. You got uh, anything that you want to interject on that?
2: Uh, no, I'm sorry, I just step away for a second.
1: <laughs> you, oh, you guys are stepping away. That's okay. <laughs>
2: sorry, That's sorry.
1: okay. Well, I'm at work, man. I'm at work. What do you, what do you uh, expect? <laughs> that's so that's fine. I understand it. I'm just I'm just joking And my you boy my boy your dog's the last week. He just took it in for uh what's it seventeen yard scramble against the Redskins
3: We're talking about Johnny football.
1: Oh really? Johnny Johnny Manzell finally uh, uh he, not finally, but uh, he did something positive on the field. He, he, but he ran it y'all. he, didn't, ran he, didn't, he yeah. didn't yeah. He, but he didn't he didn't throw it. He didn't throw it. That's that's the key. That's the Everybody key. Everybody was guy. covered. Everybody was what is, that, that, that's, the, that's that's the key. That's the key. He he's gotta be able to to, to uh um push the ball down the field and, and not rely on his legs as much. But I mean, it's preseason. We'll see. I mean, the guns are flying, he's he's playing against the twos, uh if I'm not mistaken. He's he's a backup, he's probably playing against the twos, maybe he's some threes, who knows? Um so he should be able to do a little bit better. Um, but it's the first preseason game. Um, he's, he's getting his feet wet, um, with a different attitude and perspective. So hopefully, uh, um, he comes out on top. I don't think so, but we'll see what happens. (laughs) You know, I don't like, you know, I don't like it, but what can I tell you? And and I make no bones about it. I do not like Mr. Johnny football. Uh, anyway, (laughs) Anyway. All right. We got uh roughly 2 minutes left in the show. I'm going to open this up for you guys to, to 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 give me something that um I may have missed or didn't talk about that you you guys want to bring up uh right now. Um and I'll go to uh Mike first. Well, if it
3: you find the box like I am the PBC Tomorrow night on uh, Spike TV. We have Antonio Taza making his heavyweight debut. Uh, I think against James Kelly. I'm not sure if that's the phone. It might be James Kelly, but that, that should be a fun one to check out. Both guys are about 200 pounds. So I think that comes on at 9 p.m. tomorrow night on
2: Spike TV. How
1: about you, Jeff?
2: Yeah, well, the uh, NFL Hall of Fame, they added some. Uh, New members to a very exclusive family. And unfortunately, they lost uh, one of the all-time greats, uh, Frank Gifford. uh, Right. And, and, you know, Gifford retired before I was born. But, you know, growing up a Giants fan, I knew all about Giff. Great all-around player. um, And his passing received a lot of attention because a lot of people didn't know that he he went to uh, a Pro Bowl as a defensive back early in his career, Uh, best known as a running back, finished up as a wide receiver. Uh, He did it all. He threw a lot of uh, option passes, too. Uh, One of the all-time greats and also uh, broadcaster for uh, decades. With all due respect, I wasn't a big fan of his broadcasting, but uh, he he was very successful with that. But he, he was notorious for messing up names on Monday Night Football. Uh but if that's the worst thing you can say about a guy, he's all right. But uh there's a lot there's actually some history about these preseason games because, you know, it's usually about, you know, just uh, getting your rookies and back up some action and making sure nobody gets hurt. But uh hey, uh, Terrell Davis uh got his roster spot in Denver with a special teams play in the preseason. Yep. And that's yep. what I'm looking out for. And I heard this story. I was trying to look it up to confirm it. And a- Antonio Brown's father, you know, uh, the the great Steelers wide receiver, his father was a-, a-, a great receiver in the Arena League. So then you say, well, how come he didn't play in the NFL? I swear, I heard his name was Eddie Brown. Uh, there was two Eddie Browns in the Arena League. He was the one uh, in Albany and uh, he, he was in a, a training camp with an NFL team. Like a lot of arena league guys, they'd been to training camps and NFL teams. And this is so messed up. You know, they usually they the guys before the game, they know how long they're going to play or so. So I think he played the first half of the game or whatever, and his uh, position coach tells him, you're done for the night or whatever. He takes off his pads, and then the coordinator or somebody. I guess maybe somebody got banged up or whatever. They want him to go back in. He's not ready. His pads aren't on. Next day, he gets caught. I oh, mean, wow. He might have been getting cut anyway, but that must have been something hard to get over, you know? Um, that, that's nuts. Uh, I'm, I'm going to try to get more details on that. But, uh, you know, uh, these games are tough to watch. But, you know, the good news is the real thing is right around the corner.
1: From what I'm seeing here, you mentioned Eddie Brown. I see an Eddie Brown that played in the Arena League. Um, <clears throat> He um, nicknamed him with Touchdown Eddie Brown.
2: Yeah, well, he played with Albany, mostly.
1: He played with One Albany, yes. the best yes.
2: players in the Arena spent, League history, yeah.
1: He spent his entire professional playing career with the Albany slash Indiana Firebirds.
2: Uh, that's the guy.
1: Yes, and his son is Antonio Brown, for a wide receiver for the Pittsburgh Steelers. So he, he won the – in 2006, he was selected by AFL as the best player in AFL history. And uh, in 2011, he was uh, inducted into the AFL Hall of Fame. That's touchdown, Eddie Brown. So uh, the genes are passed on from the father to the son. Uh, and the son is an all, all all pro in um, the NFL. All right, guys, that wraps it up for tonight. Um, I want to thank you guys for joining me and putting up with uh, the little delay that we had earlier in the show. And quite naturally, the listeners also putting up with that. Hopefully, hopefully you enjoyed the show. Um, if you didn't catch all of it, uh, you can catch the um, the whole show in the archives. Tune in next week, where we will be um, back. Together again, uh, talking about uh, the past week in sports and probably uh, what's been taking place in the NFL, for one, uh, quite naturally as the NFL uh, preseason will be winding down uh, week after week leading into the the, uh, regular season. Uh, Also tune in on 1 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, where the FSP show will be hosted by Vic, and I'll be co-hosting that. Uh, That's Saturday's show. We'll be talking about IDPs and fantasy football, specifically talking about uh, defensive backs. That's uh, um, cornerbacks and safeties. Um, And then on the master plan, we're talking about fantasy football, um, uh, which is gearing up. Um, Drafts are coming up. Uh, We do have a draft. Um, I see Mike uh, put a firm date on it at the uh, 30th at 7 p.m. Uh, I'll be there. It'll be my third draft that day, but um, it is what it is. Um, so, with that being said, till the next week, eight a.m. Eastern—excuse me, eight p.m. Eastern Standard Time, where we'll all be back here again, um, talking sports. Um, we're out of here. See ya. Yeah,
0: Mr. Fantasy sports and politics, crew. Yeah, check. Fantasy sports and politics, ain't no other talk show hot as this. Cover every sport and we get it all right. Log on the site, you can listen tonight. Talk about the game, who in first place. You can even call up, state your own case. Football, baseball, soccer, too. Log on, ain't nobody stopping you. It's fantasy sports and politics, crew. Yeah, yeah. Fantasy sports and politics crew, yeah. Fantasy sports and politics crew, uh. Fantasy sports and politics crew, yeah. Lock on.